In this new interview series, we talk with product managers who share some of their practical tips on prioritization, building roadmaps, and more. Welcome to the Product Fits Podcast, where we keep it real practical about product management and how we can start out and grow together as product managers. Kicking off this new interview series, I'm excited to introduce my friend and CPS Energy Senior Director of Technology and Product Innovation, Andrew Higgins. When it comes to prioritization, what is your approach and what are some of the techniques that you've tried and prefer? Right. So um, when I, I look at the, our list of projects, the thing I want to look at is the, the fundamentals, cost to implement. Um, speed to implement, uh, impact, uh, whether that be in risk uh, uh, risk aversion or uh, revenue generation. Um, and then, you know, you have to layer on a couple of more things, which is uh, kind of cultural, political impact, cultural impact internally, political impact externally. They're really the same thing. Um, there's often tools. Uh, you've heard of WSGIF before, which is weighted short as job first. Um, where you you know we use previously Fabianchi numbers to make sure you get a dispersion between the different projects to make sure you you get a, a kind of a, a, some differentiation between the different projects. But ultimately, um, you know whatever internal tool you use, those are kind of the metrics. With the speed to market is almost always in the denominator for us, right? And everything else is kind of at the top. And so the lower that speed to market, the greater the value will be. Um, and I use that as my general rule, right? Um, but as a product manager, you have to understand the speed of your organization, where they can move at, and you might want to weight things differently. I would tell any product manager, understand what your culture is, understand what your organization's capabilities are, and then manage your, your weight accordingly. Try to be as objective as possible. But in the end, there's always going to be subjective measures that can outweigh those. And those include things like, um, especially at General Motors, uh, pet projects are renowned and the political cultural impact of not doing those are significant. And, and one example would be, um, you know, there's a, a, a Camaro project for a single uh, variation Camaro engine that didn't make any sense um, financially. However, when we suggested that that was one of the things we killed because it had a significant risk to the company, uh, the value of doing it was low, um, it took forever to do, and it cost a ton of money, um, we brought, this needs to be axed right away. It's like, you can't touch anything to do with the Camaro ever, right? And now you have you know, egg on your face and it's just all bad. So um, just one of those things, uh, you know, as a product manager, you want to look at is, uh, cultural slash political impact of, of your kind of ordering your project. What would you say are key relationships that product managers should start with? Understand across the board who your partners are. Understand um, what their uh, key deliverables are, basically what's important to them. Um, and so that includes, obviously, all the primary functions, finance, HR, operations, risk, which includes legal. Um, uh, obviously touch those, but then you have your internal um, stakeholders inside of those organizations. For example, if you have a function that 
deals with contracting and, and your product would need to go through contracting in order to be stood up, understand you know what key metrics that they're trying to hit so that you can develop your pro your your product in conjunction with that. Now we're uh, we're obviously talking about new product launches, but that's only one part of the cycle, right? Um, once you launch a product, you have your your normal you know growth, maturation, decline, and ultimately retirement. So as you manage that life cycle as well, you also want to be connecting with uh, those stakeholders, your your key partners. Um, you know when it hits maturity. Is that time to go to marketing and say it's time for us to pull back on the marketing, or do you still see an opportunity to continue to 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 gain um, incremental uh, revenue through additional marketing? Um, these are kind of the give and take that you have to have, and that's why having for a product manager, it's so key to have great relationships across the strata of pillars inside of an organization. If you are a product manager and you are an introvert, uh, you you will find that uh, it will be very difficult to do your 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 role, um, and you may have to stretch and be uncomfortable a lot of the times because so much of what you do is just going to others meeting uh, other uh, um, uh, stakeholder meetings and injecting yourself sometimes loudly into their normal process. Tell us how you do roadmaps. Um, still working on it. So uh, I can tell you at General Motors. Um, we looked at our roadmap uh, from a uh, – we, we did it backwards. We looked at how much revenue we needed to generate, um, and then we said, okay, uh, let's see what, you know, what products or services do you think we can get us there? And then we said we can do this one, this one, this one, can't do this one. And then we obviously had an innovation gap for whatever was raining. And we did our roadmap based upon literally what we could get done. Um, it's very – different way of doing it. What I'm trying to do now is build my roadmap based upon a, a all-sourced function uh, type approach where I look at everyone's um, deliverables, everyone's, you know, because the other functions still have their roadmaps, right? Culture will have its roadmap and, and you know, within, with inside of HR, which also has hiring and contracting. And so I try to marry my roadmaps up now with theirs as we, we build it out. Um, I, I will say this. When you build out your roadmap, the top objective has to be kind of the CEO's objective. And um, from there, everything has to kind of feed into it. Uh, have you ever looked at Red, tried to do a problem-centered roadmap? Yeah, so um, identifying um, where your problems are and figuring out how it's gonna be solved. A, a, we, I call it a gaps in a roadmap where you look at your gaps. Um, it's a very, it's going to sound weird, but it's a very negative approach to it, right? And so if you look at, as a product manager, if you just focus on problems, gaps, you're never going to get to the part where you are um, exceeding, you know, kind of the potential of your organization. How much do you try to be consistent with your peer product managers and how you go about things? And so this is a tough one, right? Um, I, I go back to kind of, you know, making an agile map and starting with the CEO's like objective. And then you have, you know, uh, we, we used to call them critical success factors, um, which means that if you do X, Y, and Z, then you'll hit this objective, which leads up to the CEO's objective. And if you hit those, everyone's happy. If you try to make uh, your other, your, your product management peers align to the way you do business, 
you're going to minimize their capabilities and the capabilities of their organizations. Ultimately, commander's intent has to be clear. Um, and so from some aspect, you know, uh, the leadership has to be clear with what they expect from you. But on the other hand, you need to be clear with what you're delivering. And as long as you're clear with what you're delivering, then everyone can get on the same page. Um, you know, this is just one of those things. Spencer, Spencer Raskoff, who, who I'm a huge fan of, one of the things he said that I buy off on completely is leadership um, in kind of the, the, the age of, of information is, is drastically different uh, from what it was before. Um, you know, 20 years ago, uh, leaders led through asymmetry of information. Only the leader had all the pieces, and everyone, everyone beneath them had a piece, and they aggregate those pieces, and the leader would have kind of this complete puzzle that they can communicate and be effective with. Um, well, in today's information age, all information is ubiquitous, right? If you're holding back information from your team, you're making them less effective. And that includes your peers. And so everyone should have a complete view of all the information. And your only real job as kind of the product management uh, leader or, or any leader in an organization is to um, you know, find, recruit, and hire the best talent, and then give them an environment where they can do their best work, as well as you know, providing them with the true north, right? And so if you do those three things, if you find the best talent um, and, and make them happy to come to work every day, and, and then you allow them to do that work effectively by removing roadblocks either from, from peers or, or from other you know, things in the organization, um, and, and you give them the right direction, then that's, that's where you, you are the most effective you know, as a leader. And so um, if my peers or, or uh, you know, uh, other organizations don't align perfectly with me, that's fine because they're probably doing what's best for their organization. I just need to make sure that I offer a way for our organization to sync up to deliver value. And that, that's really what I'm aligned to do. Drew, thanks again so much for taking the time and sharing your perspective. I totally needed that reminder that I can't just do product management by the book, but I really need to understand my environment, my culture, the players I'm playing with so that we can exceed expectations and be the best that we can be together. Thank you.